everybody, Dan Holston here helping your business take flight. And I'm really excited to have Karen Van Leuven with me today. And Karen is an HR consultant with Karen Van Leuven Associates. Uh, welcome, Karen. Thanks, Dan. Thanks for having me. Happy to. And so today we're going to be talking about um, dealing with our staff, our teams, and just the impact of COVID on, on business owners and dealing with their staff and engaging their teams. And some of the things we're going to cover are going to be applicable beyond the, the pandemic as well. Um, so tell us a little bit, of, before we jump in, just tell us a little bit about what you do. Sure. Uh, I'm an HR consultant. I'm a generalist, so I, I don't specialize in any particular function of HR, uh, but I work with uh, small business owners to help them with their employer-related challenges uh, to reduce exposure in their business and also uh, work with them to engage their teams at a higher level. Uh, so uh, all my clients are small businesses, usually uh, fewer than 20 employees. Uh, they're, uh, I typically work with the owner uh, or the senior finance person uh, to, uh, to support in those two areas. Gotcha. And that, that's, that's really our audience, the small to, to mid-market business owners that are dealing directly with their staff. They don't necessarily have a lot of different levels of, of uh, layers of management and things like that. So the, the staff challenges and engagement is boiling right up to them. So, um, so what have you been seeing over the last you know, year or so in terms of just how people are showing up to their, their leadership roles, how staff are engaging or not engaging, you know, based on what's happening with the pandemic? What's, what are you kind of seeing out there in that, in that space? Sure. Uh, I remember vividly March 12th and March 13th of 2020. Uh, and in those two days, I talked to, and that those two weeks, say, I talked to about 27, 28 business owners who were scared and like yeah. everyone, all of us were. Uh, and it, the conversations ranged from how do I save my business? What, how do I treat my staff? How do I lay people off? Uh, I talked to business owners that had never gone through that process before. Uh, and, you know, how do I protect what, what we've built? Uh, I talked to people who are in tears on the other end of the phone. I talked to people who are worried about life and death and life and death of their business. Uh, and a lot of fear back then. There was, there was uh, fear of the unknown, fear of the known, uh, yeah. how long we survive and what's going to happen to our business. And certainly uh, the advice at the time was to, to save your business, protect your people, um, but save your business so that your employees have something to come back to uh, yeah. or we move through this. And uh, so lots of businesses reduced costs and the, the government came forward with, I don't know how many programs uh, to support businesses and to support employees and to provide that, that immediate sense of relief or fairly immediate sense of relief to make it through. Uh, after that initial downturn, there was some leveling out and some start of, of bringing people back uh, that happened through the summer and the fall as businesses kind of got on their feet again. Many of them pivoted, as we know, uh, many retrenched, many just cut costs and, and, and waited it out. Um, and a lot of people, when they were brought their businesses back, they couldn't go back to full steam. So they, they, they had a gradual return and they, they I had a number of conversations where, well, we want to re- we want to restart. We're ready to keep going and build to that next level, but we can't afford everybody right now. And so we'd like you to let that person go because we're not sure that they fit with the team. Yeah. A lot of difficult decisions. Yeah. Very difficult. And it's very strange to have a restructuring conversation and a, or a permanent layoff conversation over zoom. Very difficult. Impersonal. Yeah. That, that, that is yeah. tough. So, but the safest way to do it. Yeah. 
I've, what I've noticed in, in the business owners that I've been speaking with over the last while is that there's like a heightened sense of anxiety. There's so much fear and uncertainty about, you know, what's going to happen. And, and that happens in, in better economic times as well. You know, when a new competitor comes into yeah. a marketplace. So this, this sort of isn't unique, but I guess it's amplified. So there's a mental health aspect as well to leadership and engagement with the team as well. So what kind of things are you seeing in terms of what's happening in the mental health aspects? Sure. I think that's a... At first, it was a, a very hidden second wave they talked about, and some of the my HR uh, professionals association blurbs and webinars were talking about that. It's it's what we don't see right now. It's under the surface, but we know it's coming as a second wave. Well, it certainly came, and it's certainly here. And I think uh, from a leadership perspective, every leader is going to manage that differently and look out for it differently. And if there's one thing I've learned from great leaders, is that they check themselves first. So they have their own network, they have their own support system. Uh, it's typically not within the organization. Uh, it's their friends, their family, their colleagues, their coach, their, their mentor, their uh, whoever it might be, those folks in their lives that they find nourishing, that give them, that feed their soul. And only then can they put on their super person cape and go to work and lead the team. And then, or lead, lead the team effectively. They can show up and try if, if they're not looked after. But it's, it's such a key point that you make to care about, you know, checking yourself first or getting yourself looked after, right? It's the whole concept of it's lonely at the top. Like a business owner isn't necessarily going to go and talk to their team and say, hey, guys, I'm super stressed out and worried about the business. How's, how's your day? <laughs> you <know? laughs> yeah, let's, let's be number one today. I mean, it, that's, it doesn't follow. It doesn't track. Yeah, so, but they think business owners often think they're the only one having the challenge. Right? Like they, they own it so heavily. Right. right. But, but, you know, I've seen that many business owners are running to this challenge. I'm sure you've seen the same. It's not just any one yeah. particular person that's having some of that anxiety and, and fear and, and stress. Right. And particularly challenging, I think, for the leader, for the manager, because the senior manager, because they've been successful. They, they got to that role. They got they yeah. built the business. They they are leading. They're steering the ship. They're they're outstanding at what they do. And now everybody is being smothered with this with all the stresses of normal business that happen, as you say, uh, and then the added layers and blankets of, of pandemic stress on top of that. So check yourself first and make sure you've got your well-developed and you know what you know where you find joy. Yeah. As, as strange as that might sound, whether that's you know a walk in the park or a walk with your animal or, or a, a Zoom call with your great aunt, you know, whatever it is where you find joy. Uh, and then when you are well, you can bring that wellness to your staff. Um, yeah. And what I found the strategies that work in it, and there are numerous examples of, you know, the Zoom cocktail party meeting uh, where staff are just just there with a, with a drink in their hand Friday. And, and the things that I've heard work really well is don't make it after hours, right? Make it within the workday as much as possible. It doesn't have to be around alcohol or it doesn't have to be, it certainly shouldn't be mandatory. Um, but it's, it's that, and, and do something fun. It's gotta be yeah. an, uh, an engaging exercise. So people want to come and don't, and we don't talk about work. Right? Yeah. Yeah. It's supposed to, yeah. Do something like that. One, one of my clients has, uh, things every Thursday or Friday, they, they spend an hour after lunch playing a game, an online game, like a trivia kind of thing. And it, they have a lot of fun. It relieves some stress. And so right. the interesting, I, I'm curious your, your thoughts on this with, with all the additional stress that business leaders are under right now. We have to recognize that their teams are also stressed. They've got worries. Is yeah. my job safe? Am I, you know, am I going to be able to pay the mortgage next month? Are we seeing, um, you know, more behavioral issues with staff that, as an additional layer, that the leaders have to deal with? Are you noticing that? I think, I think so, and I think it's the same kind of dynamic that's happened in the past. There's two added pieces, right? The pandemic, of course, 
that adds that extra layer of stress with all the, and, and the working from home piece or the working remotely. Uh, yeah. I think an added factor to, um, it, it, with some leaders, it's it's lack of trust or lack of knowledge that the employee is is really giving their all. Um, and, and that's that's a tough one to deal with because most, most employees report that they're actually more productive than they were if they were actually in the office. Um, they self-report that way. And maybe they're working differently. And the stress then becomes the balance of when do I stop work and go help my child with online, online school or go to the grocery store or go cut the grass or whatever else they do? When am I allowed to do that? Is it nine to five or can I pick it up again you know, between seven and 9 p.m. that, that evening? Uh, and yeah. it's turn it off, right? So well, when there's no demarcation between work and home, it gets very yeah. challenging. And many people weren't used to having a home office so they're setting up where they can, which might be right in the midst of, you know, the family life, you know, on the dining room table yes. kind of thing. So there's, there's that dynamic as well, where, you know, mom or dad may be interrupted a lot during the day, maybe feeling a bit of guilt of, oh my gosh, I'm falling behind. I better work at night. And then that, that can affect relationships too. Right. Right. The strategies I've seen work very well in terms of remote working, and it also works for the mental health component, are those check-ins from a manager or senior person to employee to their direct report that have nothing to do with the scheduled Zoom meeting. It's just the check-in. So tell uh, what's the sort of the structure of that check-in? Is it just, hey, how are you doing today? Or what's, uh, what, how does that work? It roll? takes many, many different forms. Sometimes it's a text as, as informal as that. Sometimes it's a Zoom call that's just about uh, about how it's going and it doesn't have to be about work, but it, it leads to that trust and that relationship and that information sharing so that the person who's working remotely knows what's going on in the business. So they don't, they can allay some of those fears that they have with real facts about how the business is going. Um, what, what it's like in, in the, the, on, in the world of the business, what's going on in the company. And maybe the, the, the manager is working remotely too, right? So it's, it's, how are we getting tied in? How are we sharing real business information so we can allay that fear, but it's also putting eyeballs on that person so that you know what's going on in their dining room or in their, you know, third bedroom or wherever they happen to be working and what's going on in the background. Maybe it's just a cat walking by and that's a great thing. Maybe it's, you know, their seven-year-old interrupting for the 17th time because they can't get online with their teacher to do that lesson. Uh, whatever it is, understand that, know it, and be compassionate about the flexibility around work. That's the only way it's, it's going to be a win-win for the employee and the organization, I believe. I think that's a great point. You know, I, I find many business leaders, they're not the best at communicating what's going on. They try, but they're so busy. They're not necessarily letting everybody know on a regular basis exactly yeah. what's going on in the business. Then we add that layer of distance and isolation. You know, it's not unusual for a team member to feel like toiling on their own, not really connected to the, you know, to the collective as it were, and really understanding the direction, how they're contributing. So I think that's a great strategy to do those check-ins. And again, you said it's not formal. It's just, hey, how are you doing? What's going on? Is there something I can help you with? Just making, make sure they're doing okay. Right. Yeah. At the same time, we, we can't let go of the business objectives that need to get, that need to be accomplished to keep the business going. Everybody's got yeah. to play in the business success. And I don't think that really changes in terms of the concept where we're, whether we're sitting across the desk or we're sitting across a, a, a Zoom meeting in terms of, of outlining objectives and having employees buy in and understand their part to play in accomplishing the mission of the organization uh, and holding people accountable. Uh, certainly there's got to be some compassion and flexibility 
I, I think we all need that these days. But at the end of the day, we, we do need to contribute to the organization mission because we've got an important part to play. And I think the, the manager, the leader's role in, in providing that context is, is very helpful to, to make sure that people are performing and make sure they have what they need to be able to perform. And that's the way I would look at it uh, yeah. as, as a business leader. Yeah, that they're resourced. And you know, it's interesting, again, about you mentioned about accountability and it's, it's a little bit easier to be when you're in the same office to have a quick chat with someone to check in, how's it going? Let me, let's have a look yeah. at the report. Whereas when you're distant, now we have to really rely on effective reporting mechanisms, effective meeting rhythms, and also sure. key performance indicators. We, we have to have those numbers in place because that, yeah. that really allows us to say, hey, yeah, you might be working a sporadic day with interruptions, but are you hitting your numbers? Are you getting out what you need to get out, et cetera? And we can say, hey, okay, you can work that flex- work that way flexibly because you're, you're hitting your numbers. But if you're not, okay, how can we support you? What, what else needs to happen, right? right? And right. the other thing too, I guess, a lot of people, they're not like work is their social life. For a lot of folks yes. too, they love coming into yeah. work. It fills them up. They may not be structured to work well at home. So they may struggle with the isolation themselves. So having those check-ins, I think that, that makes a lot of sense for a lot of, a lot of, a lot of reasons there. Yeah. You can't do anything about it as a manager, unless you know, yeah. and then, and then you can employ the strategies that might be right for that person. And it's, it's not one size fits all for sure, but for that, for that direct report, for that employee to support them so that they have what they need to be able to be as engaged as possible. Yeah. So let, let's switch gears just a little bit. Just before we started recording, we had a, a brief conversation about the concept of toxic positivity. Yes. And this, so this maybe ties more into the mental health aspect of it. But, um, you know, business owners, very often they, they've gotten where they are and leaders, managers, where they are because of brute force with knowing the answers, with hard work and determination and grit. But now they don't necessarily have the answers because everything is fairly fluid, right? Um, and they may be a little bit burned out themselves, but they're showing up and saying, I got this. But that's, they're, they're kind of, they're not really being honest with themselves or anyone else, if that's the case. Is that, that's kind of what that toxic positivity is about? Sure. Yeah, I'm fine. Yeah, everything's fine. Yeah. 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 No, Just not acknowledging it or coming back to you, not being seen as weak. Right. 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 And, and again, those folks have been successful. They've gotten where they are. They're, they're, they're captain of the ship, right? They're, they're managing a successful business. And, and now it's really challenged them and people expect them to know the answers they always have. Right. Yeah. Um, and, and maybe that's, it's okay to show a little bit of, of, I'm not sure the word is vulnerability, but a little bit of openness to input. Uh, and if you've got if you've got that that team around you, they can be part of the solution. Just ask them, you know, just to create the environment where it's it's okay to be not okay all the time. Yeah. Um, there's we were talking about this great article uh, that was that was uh, sent along by a colleague uh, from the New York Times, and there's. They're at one end of the spectrum, there's flourishing. And we've all been there. All of, you know, we've all been there. We all know when we're at the top of Maslow's hierarchy of needs. We all know when we're at the top of our game. Um, it's the state called flourishing, right? It's, it's yep. it, it, we all know what that means. And at the other end of the spectrum, there's the concept of, and, and the label and the state of depression. And somewhere in the middle is the term that they've coined is called languishing. And I think many of us are, are going through that state of languishing right now. We're certainly not flourishing business, personal life, what we normally do uh, for a healthy world and a healthy balance and a healthy relationships is not either allowed or it's not possible or it's, we just don't feel like it right now. We're not flourishing. 
and we're probably not labeling ourselves as depression, as depressed, um, partly because of the baggage and stigma that still comes with that label. Um, and and please seek help if if you're if you're if you're dreading going to work, if you're dreading that encounter, um, please seek help. Uh, that's that's where that uh, that can go sideways in a hurry. And in that middle ground, it's like you know what? Yeah, well, I could do that tomorrow. Or no one's going to miss me if I don't show up for that. Uh, or you know maybe another day. No one's checking in on me. You know maybe Thursday to Friday doesn't really matter for that report. That's languishing. Right. It's not you're not on top of your game. Yeah, and that's a really helpful, interesting concept. Uh, number one, to provide a different label and number two, to uh, to spur action toward getting that uh, the, the nourishing piece. And maybe it's just a moving a little bit further along the scale of languishing since we're not ready to flourish yet. <laughs> uh, but it's, well, it's a great point you make there because it's, you know, it's, it's a level of disengagement isn't it? If, if we're languishing, we could be disengaged with our families, with our hobbies, yeah. with our, with what we like, even just ourselves or self-care. And if we're, yeah. if, if that's what's happening, then we may be languishing at our jobs as well. So for business leaders to recognize that that's um, a common state right now, if, if, if we don't deny it, if we say, Hey, yeah, as a leader, I might be feeling like I'm languishing. So my team probably is too, but as a leader, what can I do about that? What can I do to recognize and honor that the state people are in right now? And how do I lead them through that? Cause it's a different environment. So they may need to be a little bit more hands-on, do those check-ins like you mentioned, be a little more sensitive to people's emotional states, a little more perceptive. Yeah. You know, if yeah. someone's looking like they're having a bad day, like you might just want to check in and say, hey, are you okay? Right. You know? Whereas before you might not, you might be too busy. But I think we, as leaders, we really need to take the time to make sure that we're caring for our staff and ourselves. I think that's that's exactly right. Uh, yeah, people, people tend to... Uh, you know, those, those disruptive behaviors that we all know about in the workplace are still there. They just may be a little bit more hidden because we're remote or because we don't care enough to, to have that debate or, you know, and, and, and inspire that, that conflict, that positive conflict that may, that may end up in creativity, right? Yeah. So we don't have those debates. And, and the other side of the coin is that sometimes there's very poor behavior on Zoom, and that may be, you know, the underlying factor may be some of that languishing uh, or mental health issue. And because we're sitting behind a keyboard, it's it's okay to say that or to type that in the chat or and to throw a shot. Um, we wouldn't uh, we wouldn't condone that in the workplace or around around the meeting table or in the office. Uh, but uh, it, it seems to be okay when we're remote. Yeah. We, we, We've got to deal with those kind of things the same way. And it's out of care, concern, compassion, so that we can put the right, uh, the right supports in place so that, that people can move past that, move through it. That's a really good point. I, I think part of that is as well, Karen, is company values. Like, what are your core values? Because if, say, um, respect is a company core value and you've got someone that's sending a jab over Zoom, that's really in contravention of the company values of what everyone has agreed to live by. And yeah, it's it's difficult times. I think it's even more important that we double down on our core values and make sure that we really are living them, you know, and whatever they might be. And, you know, watching out as leadership, watching out for a team that might be running afoul of the core values as well and have those conversations to you know, get people realigned because that's, that's why your core values are what really guide our behavior and why, you know, how it is around here, right? Those are our core values. It's, it's, it's what you actually see. It's not the motivational poster on the wall. It's what, you know, it's, if if there's a piece of litter, does someone pick it up? You know, that shows that they care. 
as an example. So if those things start to get a little loose, then the company's going to be in a bit of trouble because we're, we're not going to be pulling forward uh, as a team. Right. And we're going to see that in action. Uh, you know, we don't know when, but we are going to return and it'll be a gradual return, I expect. Uh, so if someone's working remotely five days a week right now for their full their full schedule, they may they may wish and may want to and may it may be the better answer for the organization for the, them to come back two to three days a week. Some flexibility in, in those discussions on on return to on site work is is recommended, I think, in all cases. Uh, but once we get back to whatever semblance of work at the office, I think those those behaviors that we've condoned and allowed and that we've shown uh, are going to translate and going to uh, ignite either in a positive way or in a hopefully not in a negative way based because of this this time away. Yeah, the collective, right? We haven't been exposed to it. That's sort of being face to face. It's interesting how behavior changes when you're in front of somebody, right? As opposed to in front of a screen. It's just a, just a different level of accountability for thought and deed when you're right yeah. in front of someone. So well, we, we can't predict the future, but what are some of the trends that you're seeing over the last so while in terms of the sure. HR space? Sure. Uh, again, small business owners, they have the same kind of challenges they've always had. Uh, it's either because they're, they're way too busy right now because their business is thriving and they're overloaded. Um, it's, it's a wise person that said this. It's not important until it is, right? So uh, they're yeah. too busy or they don't have the resources to be able to put things in place to prevent those issues. So uh, I work in areas of reduction of exposure. So whether it's uh, constructive dismissal or poor performance or poor attendance, um, emotional issues, uh, any of those kind of areas where there's a fire burning for one of those two reasons, overloaded capacity or lack of resources, I've seen the same things happen that uh, business owners don't have the impetus to deal with those until they get further alight, which is, which is a, a, a greater exposure and a greater challenge. And it, it's, it's tough these days, I think, because uh, legislation has changed. It's tough to be on top of those things. Um, and it's, it's tough to keep up with the business and all of the stuff going on around about uh, what, what the rules are. Are we an essential business? Uh, do, we, do we have to pay for sick days now? Uh, all of those kind of questions. And we've always had those kind of questions, but now it's that extra layer of, of blanket that's, that's stifling the, uh, the ability to, to clear your head around those answers. So asking those questions is, is the right thing to do because lots of business owners are going through and have the same kind of questions. It's not just happening to you. Yeah, that's such a great point. So a couple of things. I think that's why it's brilliant to have you as my colleague. And I mean, you've done so much great work for so many of my clients over the years because you're an expert with us. If you know where to go for the resources, um, you're constantly up to date and you know how to guide people through these little landmines. And I've seen business owners that, um, you know, they want to do the right thing, but they don't know what the, yeah. what the rules are. They know what game they're playing and they could step on a little landmine by trying to do the, you know, the right thing. So that's why it's amazing that I can always refer them to a few for some guidance. But you make a really Makes good sense. point as well, Karen, about it's not just you or me or you know any business owner listening. Everyone's going through these challenges, maybe at varying yeah. degrees. I mean, there's some folks I know that are doing really, really well, and they feel yeah. guilty. Yes. They're, they're, they feel shameful that their business is doing so well. It's yeah. like, well, in any other time, you'd be pretty happy, and they are happy, but they're also feeling, well, you know, other people aren't doing so well, so they're feeling like it's a diminishment. So sometimes even when folks are doing well, they're not happy about things. <laughs> 
you know yeah exactly they're feeling yeah you're right they're feeling guilty they don't want to they don't want to look like they're gloating or bragging uh, but absolutely take advantage of the opportunity there are lots of businesses that are thriving and they're too busy to deal with some of the problems so they're just bullying you know steamrolling full steam ahead and maybe they're not doing the things that need to be put in place or or their eyes in the on the, all the balls that are that are up in the air so that they don't run into a problem yeah well, it's uh, it's definitely interesting times, and I appreciate you you coming on, Karen. I think you you shared some some great tips. And just to summarize, uh, be compassionate and caring to yourself. Check in with your staff. Yeah. Be aware of your mental health. Get the support you need. It's okay to be not okay from time to time. Yeah. And finally, it's not just you. These are some of my takeaways from what you shared. So, um, yeah, thank you so much. I really appreciate. It. Any any final comments or? No, I think that's a great that's a great summary, Dan. It, it the whole point is it's. It's, it's not just you. I, I learn so much from my clients that are going through it, and, and there's so many common trends. They, they may be the same issues that we've dealt with over the years, uh, but there's that extra layer of stress and anxiety and worry around it that's fueling uh, a lot of this right now. And, and we will get through it, uh, and we'll be in a better spot, I believe. Um, we'll, we'll move forward, not, uh, not return to whatever we were, we were in before. Um, and I'm excited about that. Uh, I'm not flourishing yet, but uh, I'm excited about uh, about that. And, and uh, clients keep me going. Awesome. Well, I hope that you're further towards flourishing than languishing, Karen. <laughs> anyway, it's always uh, always lovely to catch up with you. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you coming on, and thanks for sharing your thoughts and wisdom with us all today. Thanks, Dan. Appreciate your time. Alrighty. Hey, thanks for listening to our episode today. I hope that you found it of value. If you did, please give us a five star rating. And if you know someone else that might find it valuable, please share. Thanks so much and have a fantastic day.